0: This is the Neil Evans says podcast.
1: Look, it has to be favourite. The four-year-old stallion had not too nice trials. Will settle back around about midfield. Jay Mack will just look to tuck in a few lengths off the speed.
0: At the one fifty, Animo takes the lead from Zaki Alligator. Blood Hope Thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear. Hope Thunderstruck late. Animo holding on. Animo this time for the big A. What a drive! Thunderstruck El Bonacon. This week. E11 says... From that gate,
1: she doesn't have to settle back as far as she might if she's drawn further out. So a few lengths off them coming to the turn. It's In Secret's race to win.
0: and got a grab by the filly. In Secret. In Secret takes the lead. A wall out wide coming, including Saint-Majik, but it's In Secret clear. J Mack riding the lights out. In Secret won it. Oh, doesn't that just give you absolute goosebumps? Welcome to the Neil Evans Says Podcast. And Neil is standing by to give us his tips for three big races this Saturday at Ramwick. The Group 2 Apollo Stakes, the Group 2 Lightfinger Stakes, and for the three-year-old fillies, the Inglis Millennium. We'll also preview Sandown for the running of the Group 1 CF or Stakes over 1,400, and both of the Blue Diamond Preludes. It is a massive day of racing with some of the best horses in the country fighting it out as we head into the autumn carnival. Welcome, Neil. Great to have you back. And uh, tell you what, mate, that safari suit you're wearing, it's, uh, it's getting a little bit tight on you.
1: Oh, is it ever. I'm not big in safari suits, but you are right in saying that, uh, Sumsy. Hello to you, everyone else. I have been on safari out there at the wonderful Western Plains Zoo. Uh, quick trip out, quick trip back, but plenty going on. It was great fun, fascinating place, hospitality magnificent. Uh, in between that, doing the form to keep on top of things as we head into a very... Very, very busy time of the year uh, as the big champs come back and the feature racing rolls around.
0: Yes, it is going to be a very exciting day both at Randwick and Sandown. Let's get underway. Let's go to Randwick first up for races six, seven and eight. The track is a soft five. The rail is true. A little rain around over the last couple of days but looking mostly hot and sunny for race day with a top around 30 and we're going to kick off with race 6, the $2 million Inglis Millennium, set weights for English bred 2-year-olds over 1,100 metres and Neil, number 8, learning to fly. Now, it won the and Stakes at Rose Hill only a couple of weeks ago. It flew yep. home just beating Steel City and it had to find an extra kick in the last 100 which it did. What a great prospect this filly is.
1: It is a great prospect for sure, uh, learning to fly and it, it was a tough win because it had to do it at both ends as you say challenge lay dug in hard to get over the line typical import typical of the type of horse that Annabelle Neesham brings over from the other side of the world and has so much progression a little query here staying at the 1100 meters and drawn 19 it's a big field full field of 16 drawn out uh, this will be another test just to see how real how good learning to fly is uh, some good challenges here you talk about that track Sumsy, we are back in soft range that the rain came down heavy but uh, it's a pretty nice day today, so there's plenty of drying time. So don't be surprised if we get back to close to a good four uh, by race one on Saturday.
0: Who do you think the dangers are for learning to fly?
1: Well, I think a massive danger is number nine for Sile, for the uh, Ryan Alexio yard at Rose Hill, with Duller riding from the inside draw. Uh, that second run, uh, it's only had the one start, of course, wasn't beaten far. I thought that was a really strong effort. This is by Trapeze Artist, this filly, multiple group one winner. So we'll get over a bit of ground. Um, but, you know, with that soft run... Uh, just off the speed, look, I don't think there'll be anything stronger getting home over the last 300 metres. So value galore here, around about the $8, number nine for Sile to win the English Millennium. 14 Kundalini, Ma Eustace, another one with just that uh, one run under her belt, a very close second by I Am Invincible. It gets a good run on the map too from gate five. So I think there's value there. Uh, 14 Kundalini goes in for second. Uh, and I do have to leave Learning to fly in for in for third. Tough, tough girl. But, you know, drawn way out in the bleachers, this is a test. And at the price, around that $3, I think she's under the odds. So uh, I'm, I'm prepared to challenge uh, learning to fly in the English Millennium, but uh, very much with facile to beat Kundalini. Great value in the first two there.
0: Okay, that's race six at Randwick, and Neil is going for number nine for seal, 14 Kundalini, and coming in for third, learning to fly number eight. Okay, race seven, the TAB Lightfinger Stakes, $250,000 group two sprint for three-year-old fillies over 1,200 at set weights. And Neil, all the money is piling on the In Secret after 11 weeks yep. off. It's had a couple of trials at Warwick Farm. It's the red-hot favourite at $1.85. Can you find us something with a bit more value?
1: I can't this time, Sumzy. Massive fan of In Secret. Was right on her through the spring. She's a three-year-old filly built like a four-year-old gelding. Massive fan of her. She gets the map first up off two trials, which I like. Uh, a nice, easy trial. She'll be so strong. And from that gate... Uh, You mentioned it is a set weight race. From that gate, she doesn't have to settle back as far as she might if she's drawn further out. So a few lengths off them coming to the turn. It's In Secret's race to win. So uh, you talk about that value. Look, if you get around even money In Secret, charge into that. I think she'll be winning and winning well. Big fan. Uh, The danger for me is Sunshine in Paris. Uh, Sumsy down there, number 11, who gets that soft run from the draw. Another one from the Annabelle Nishan yard. This horse is still on the up. Uh, She's a good filly and gets the map. So 11, Sunshine in Paris to run second. And I'm I'm expecting a big first up run from Fireburn, number two, who will settle back in running. But I think the tempo's okay here and Fireburn is is good on the fresh side. She's stronger this time in. She will be and she'll be getting home hard at the end. So uh, they're my numbers in the light fingers at group two level. In secret, a good thing to win it to beat Sunshine in Paris, number 11. And we leave in there, uh, number two, Fireburn to run home into third.
0: Okay, there we go. That's race seven at Randwick 1, 11, and two for Neil. Okay, let's go to race eight, the big one, the $250,000 Group 2 Apollo Stakes. Wait for age over 1,400. And, Neil, you couldn't ask for a better Apollo Stakes than this one. The champion Animo is back, but there is quality everywhere.
1: Boy, there is indeed. This is a Apollo of great depth. And quite often you'll see the Group 2s uh, almost can be stronger than the Group 1s because they're specific starting points for the real wait-for-age stars of the carnival. Animo, of course, leads those. First run back since uh, running fourth in the McKinnon, of course, but it blew through the, the spring of last year, culminating in that wonderful Cox Plate win. Look, it has to be favourite. The four-year-old stallion had not too nice trials. It'll settle back around about midfield. Uh, Jay Mackle just looked to tuck in a few lengths off the speed. But look, you know, it's a dollar ninety odd into a seventy. Too short for me to take first up. I can see that it's the one to beat. But the one with the terrific value is number nine, El Bodegon, who is an imported four-year-old stallion by Kodiak, a big fan of that sire in the UK. It's first up for the Waller Yard, uh, and this is a really, really high-class import, this horse. It's had two trials, which is good, both quite trials. So this will be fitted to run out the 400 metres for sure, Uh, and you'll call that first up run. It's only run in Australia so far uh, off about a 10-week spell, and it roared home in the Cox Plate. wasn't beaten far by Anamo. That was a little indication of how good, how good this stallion is, El Bodegon. Oh, I think it's terrific value. I'm going to put it on top to cause the big upset at the value, number nine, El Bodegon, to win. Uh, of course, Animo must leave in there for second, the class horse in the field. And, and expecting a big run first up from number 11, Fangirl, another one from the Waller Yard, who normally comes to hand very quickly. It might be just over the mark around that 8 eight, sort of $9 mark as well. But El Bodegon, Uh, to cause the big shock, to win first up, to beat the Hot Pot Animo, fangirl in for third.
0: The thing I find interesting about this race, and this is where it can go a little bit wrong for you if you're you're tipping the favourite, is that just about every single horse in the race has only had trials. There's there's only one that's really run in the last few weeks, and that's Laws of Indices, and it ran in Hong Kong and came third at Sha Tin, and that's the only one that's had a proper hit out.
1: Yes, uh, so much as trial form, but a lot of this is exposed trial form. So we know the type of trials that suits each horse and how quickly they come to hand. Some will need a run, some might need two, some are push-button, bang, they're ready to go. Um, I I suspect there'll be some some good pressure and a little bit of uh, sort of cat and mouse up front for the lead. So I think the pressure will be on a fair way from home. That suits El Bodegon to get home hard. It's the big finisher. And given it's drawn five, it's inside... Animo who comes over from May. Just a little tricky gate when you're taking that price. They're the factors that swing me to take the value uh, on the four-year-old import.
0: Okay, that's race eight, Neil's tips for the Group 2 Apollo stakes. Number nine, El Bodogon to beat one Animo and 11, a fangirl coming in third. Okay, let's go to Sandown. The track is a good four. The rail is out 10 metres for the entire circuit. Melbourne bathing in sunshine for Saturday, a top of 32 Race three, and with the Blue Diamond Stakes just two weeks away, it's the first of the Blue Diamond Preludes. For the two-year-old Colts and Geldings, Group 3, 1,100 metres, $300,000 prize money. The winner gets one hundred and eighty of that. And Neil Barber is the favourite at $3.20. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this horse, Brave Halo. It won three on the trot in its last spell in Perth.
1: Yes, uh, big fan of this Brave Halo. I think Stephen Casey uh, has got a really, really nice one on his hands here. Un- unbeaten, as you say. Now, that's only coming through that ascot form over there in the West, but it was dominant. It's trialled recently, only, what, 11 days ago at Belmont. The trial was solid. The horse is in good nick by Brave Smash, the group one winner who was renowned for being really strong through the line from off the speed. So Brave Halo uh, in this race, it will be a firm track. I think the key here, you mentioned uh, uh, the rail is out a long way. That's got to advantage horses that are tucked in closer to the fence early. And I think Brave Halo from gate, gate three with Ollie riding gets the peak run. Here, and I think it's the one to beat. So I've got it on top in the boys. Group three level, the boys. Brave Halo to win number three. We slide down to number seven, Sumsy for Gangitano, the brilliantly named Gangitano by written by out of Colosimo, of course, uh, the Black Prince of Carlton, Gangitano, played by Simon Colosimo in Underbelly. So it all adds up. <laughs> to uh, a, a sneaky big run here from Ganjatano, who also gets a soft draw for the Yagi Yard. So over the odds, I think six fifty-seven dollars, number seven, Ganjatano, uh, and I'll leave Barber, the one you mentioned, the early favourite for Godolphin. First up with Jamie Carr riding, tricky draw, great gate seven, but must leave it in. He's got plenty of class in this field, so it's a good race uh, at Group Three level. Brave Halo to win it to beat Ganjatano. And Barber in for third.
0: That's three, seven, and one for the Blue Diamond Preludes for the Colts and Goldings. Let's go to race four, and it's the Group Two Blue Diamond Prelude for the Phillies this time. Same deal, 1,100 metres. And Neil, number one, Charm Stone is the favourite at $2.25. And you think it's a good thing?
1: Oh, I think it is close to a good thing, mate. Run at Group Two level. Loved the win down the Flemington Strait. Had plenty in hand. Won by nearly two lengths. Beat a horse called Empress of Wonder who is quite a big finisher. I think that's a superior form line to stick strong with number one Charmstone to win the Phillies version. She'll run a longer trip than this as well. So um, as long as she tucks in from that little tricky gate, she's the one with with a closing superior 400 metres in the race. I think Shadow Fear is value. Big price number five from a softer draw. WA Horset's on the improve as well. And Cigar Flick has a bit of quality, has shown that already, uh, but gate, it's drawn out very wide here. This will be a bit tricky over this 1,100 metres to tuck in. So it uh, might be the reason Cigar Flick's out there at $758. Some value, we leave it in for third. But uh, no question for me, Sumsey, all aboard. Number one, Charmstone to win the Blue Diamond Prelude for the Phillies.
0: That's race four at Sandown, number one, five, and eight for Neil. And let's go to race seven, uh, the big one. The group one, C.F. Orr Stakes, over 1,400 metres. Weight for age, three years and up, $750,000. If you're wondering who Mr. C.F. Orr is, he's Charles F. Orr, a Melbourne businessman and former secretary of the Williamstown Racing Club. He first became a member of the club in 1871 and became chairman for 14 years with the first race, run in his honour in 1926. So there you go, Mr. Charles the great F. great or. Charlie Orr. Yeah, you've got to be careful how you say that, Mr. Charles F. Orr. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yes. And, uh, we, oh, I know, I know we, where you're going. We, we wish you all the best there, Charles. I uh, yeah. hope you're enjoying yourself uh, 10 feet under the ground there, buddy. But, uh, yeah, they're still running a race for you all these years later. Isn't that incredible? So it they is. Still, do they put you 10 feet under, is it? How far under is it? I thought it was
1: six. Six, is it? I'm yet to it, test it thank not, god but uh I, I always thought it was six feet under
0: yeah it's not very far is it
1: no <laughs> no well, well i'll let you know mate
0: i suppose if they need to dig you up again
1: i'll send suddenly. you an email from the uh from the underground dirt cabin when i get there how's that
0: <laughs> all right so there we go uh to the race now neil and mm-hmm. this is a beauty of a lineup and always is yep. one of my one of my favorites i'm thunderstruck is back
1: he is back on thunderstruck that wonderful blaze up front is a poetic type horse a, Puff as nails gets home hard. Love the CF4 because this is the return race. Always the platform race for horses coming back from the spring. The staying types. Uh, we've down through the years. We've even seen plenty of Melbourne Cup winners resume and win the CF4 stakes. Uh, looks a little battle in two. Bit disappointing that Alligator Blood didn't. Uh, was originally going to this race. Uh, they now had a change of plan, which makes assignment for Iron Thunderstruck first up off a trial win at Geelong a little bit easier. But the one I like sumsy is number ten Jack Jackano. Uh, the three-year-old Colt by Rubik. That first up win at Sandown uh, was on Australia Day. That that was that was a really good win in the sense it was buried away in behind and had to dive back underneath horses, probably was slightly slower ground. To, so to win that race, first up was really, really good. Just goes up the 100 metres, of course, and has a weight advantage being a three-year-old. So I do think Jack ono From the draw for the Price Kent Yard is the one to beat number 10. Certainly, I'm Thunderstruck is forward enough. I just like I'm Thunderstruck with a run under the belt, so I might wait second up to really pounce, but uh, he'll be getting home hard. Don't worry about that.
0: I'm wondering Uh, how I'm Thunderstruck is going to go now that he's not chasing Animo.
1: Well, he's always given me the impression I'm Thunderstruck that he'll chase anything. He'll chase anything. He's such a tough horse. He knows where the winning post is like no tomorrow. Uh, and regardless of how race plays out, he's always digging in hard and finding the line. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about this horse, I'm Thunderstruck. He'll be running home big time first up. Watch out for Tuvalu, number three, two. Uh, draws the inside. Soft run first up for Lindsay Smith. Uh, smart horse. uh will be running home as well. But uh, on with the three-year-old, Ten Jackano, to win the Group 1 CFO to beat I'm Thunderstruck. And number three, Tuvalu in for third.
0: Okay, so there we go. Neil's Tips for Race 7 at Sandown are 10, 1, and 3. Um, look, I'm going to be uh, putting a, just a, a few bucks on Call Sign Mav. You yep. know, I am that Top Gun fan. $31 oh, wow. is paying. And I, I watched Top Gun Maverick again on the weekend. My wife yep. bought me the uh, DVD for Christmas. And,
1: uh, and what's your uh, review? Oh, absolutely love it.
0: Yep. I mean, it's fantastic. The only thing I'm disappointed in is, uh, you know, they don't have that scene where the, the guys are all hot and sweaty in the, in the, in the shower room. <laughs> well, <laughs> only because my mother in law walked in once when she, I was watching the original <laughs> at her place in Melbourne and she said to my wife, Oh, what's Matthew watching? All these men and the towels all sweaty. So it's quite funny. Yes, um, but,
1: but, but surely nothing beats the original.
0: No, nah, well, does anything beat the original? It's a great tribute film, the second one, I think. This is the Neil Evans Says podcast, and you can follow Neil on Twitter and get more racing info and tips for Ramwick and Sandown. Neil's Twitter handle is at Neil Evans Mail. You can also read Neil's weekly racing preview in The Sportsman, Australia's most authoritative racing journal, thesportsman.com.au. Do you like how I say that? I love how you said that, mate, and plenty to read in The
1: Sportsman Friday morning uh, if you grab your copy about El Bodigan. Uh, this import, What a star he's going to be. Follow him right through. And you said that beautifully, like the man you are, Sumzy,
0: The sportsman. Yes. Uh, we release the podcast every Friday. Look out for us on Spotify, Google and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to share us. Great job, Neil. Tickets went on sale yesterday for the Sydney Royal Easter Show for the first time. Well, I haven't been
1: for a while. Last time I was there about four or five years ago, it cost me $25,000 because I bought a spa, a whiz-bang spa oh. out there. Oh, and they craned nah. it in and put it in the backyard. So I haven't been back. That was about four years ago. So I haven't been back since then. Yeah. So um, I always that... end up with a set of steak knives or something
0: when I go. Yeah. Out well,
1: you know, we're an easy side. We wandered through one of the big sort of uh, massive big exhibition areas, and there was this magnificent spa. So we just bought it. It yeah. just looked a
0: treat. And it goes a treat, but anyway. You didn't invite the three-breasted woman from sideshow alley into the spa, did you? No,
1: nah, no, nah, didn't. Didn't run into the three-breasted women. Certainly ran into uh, plenty of uh, times two ones but I uh, didn't see shot. My days of Sideshow alley are long gone. I was always an ordinary shot trying to hit the ducks uh, and when th- pegging balls to try and win those fluffy toys quite often hit the bloke running the show more <laughs> so than the targets going across.
0: Do they still have the three-breasted woman? I don't. You seem to be obsessed
1: with this. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. You would know more than me about Sideshow Alley. There's some dodgy sights down the alley, no doubt about that. I don't know if that particular lady for the occasion is
0: still there, to be honest. You're pretty old by now, I reckon. She would be, absolutely. (laughs)